Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Just Browsing. Matthew, along with Zach today, we're going to be bringing you a... It's kind of the worst sports contracts in the history of sports. Um, it's not necessarily going to be the biggest, um, but it's probably going to be the contract that didn't turn out the best for the specific teams and those players. So, so yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about a bunch of rich motherfuckers <laughs> that didn't do shit. Yeah, so welcome back, everybody. Um, yeah, we, we kind of wanted to do – this will probably be kind of like a little bit of a two-parter episode. We want to do – a little bit of a post Super Bowl kind of NFL season ending exit survey, some little discussion around that because we haven't had a chance to regroup since the Super Bowl. Um, and then, yeah, get into basically the idea, which is something we've talked about a little bit on prior episodes of just kind of crazy, ridiculous contracts that really across all professional sports that we've seen over the years where. Teams have basically backed up the drink, the Brinks truck for some of these players who then end up, you know, colossally underperforming sometimes in many examples. Yep. So um, we we kind of didn't put together like a definitive list, but we're going to go over some examples that are pretty fun to talk about that are and and as, some that are like still ongoing. In fact, several oh, yeah. of them are probably still ongoing. So this is not just like all time, you know, something that happened 20 years ago. These are contracts. Some of them were signed two, three I, years I ago. I would say or, most of these contracts that we'll probably discuss happened in the last decade or two just mm -hmm. because there wasn't this big of like back in I feel like the Michael Jordan era they're like he signed a 5 year 40 million dollar contract yeah, and that was like, like a, that was a big shit. deal yeah and now you have people making 40 million a year yeah that almost seems like the minimum it's right. <laughs> like if you're if you're a sixth man you get like a 40 million like dollar contract a max contract in the NBA right now i think on the rookie extension is like 260 million for 5 years i think so that's over 50 Good million Lord. a year what was um Curry's that he signed just a few years ago that was like the largest in NBA history because it was two hundred and something, wasn't it? No, I think he got close to three hundred. Might have been two ninety. Good God! <laughs> For like every time one I, year. Every time I see those, and I, I also think something else to talk about with with these massive contracts: four is, year, two fifteen. There we go. But it, I think it's the biggest AAV. It's fifty three point eight million per year. Jesus. Um, something that I think about, I think, you know, to your point of like in the last decade or so, these contracts have really exploded. We, we also kind of seem to have as a society, a, a real obsession with the numbers for these contracts, just continuing to get bigger and bigger. You know what I mean? Like now it's almost, and, and the players are aware of this too, because I think the players and their agents, especially when you're talking about guys that are signing contracts and they're comparing it to other players in their same sport or their same league, they're aware of the numbers. And and, and you I know, mean, look with, at with, like with football the way free that, agency with, with the way that sports contracts break down. A lot of it it gets kind of confusing because a lot of it's like tiered and there's all these incentives and then only part of it's guaranteed and yada yada yada. But what you see in the head in the headlines, the big flashy number is usually the overall right. number. So everyone's trying to just pump that number up as high as they can get it. Every, they go, the oh, next guy what? thinks he's better than the last yeah, guy. Yeah, they're like, well, hey, so and so got two fifteen over four years. Let's get two sixty for me for the right. next four years. I'm better than him. I've gone to more All Star games or, it's or whatever like it is. Patrick Mahomes signs a ten year, half a billion dollar contract, and the next quarterback's like, well, I'm worth fifty million a year. Right. Right. Like I've won the same amount of Super Bowls that he has. It's mm -hmm. like 
why do we value ourselves at 50 million? Do you guys want to win or do you just want to make money? Because that was the Jay Cutler route, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to win. He just wanted to make money. And the Bears, he's one of the contracts on. I was going to say, I, I, have up. Yeah, I have him on my he list. He made yeah. all that money, and then the Bears never won. Yeah. You know, the Broncos were the best chance he had. Then he went to the Dolphins, and it was like, he just didn't care. He was there to make money, and that yeah. was it. Absolutely. And then you have people like a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady, where I feel like the money really wasn't. They they wanted greatness, and they were yeah. like, winning is what is important. Yeah. I still There's, I deserve to get paid a right. fucking hefty sum, but if I need to take a 10 mil hit they're to go from to 40 yeah. to 30 i'll do yeah. that so that we can sign that player absolutely yeah and i mean it's it's obvious too i mean because of all this information being public knowledge it's obvious to the fans the players who value their winning over the money and players who are vice versa where they value the money over winning and we can all name players who fit the description of either of those scenarios. You know, you just brought up Brady and Manning, two guys who, I mean, let's be honest, they still made a disgusting amount of money playing NFL football, but both guys who were noted throughout their career of taking pay cuts to get other pieces on their team to put them in a better chance to win Super Bowls, which paid off for them. So clearly... At a certain point, they're like, I mean, I have enough money. My my grandkids are going to have great, plenty of great, money. My great, great, great grandkids. I don't care about money. that. I don't care about the extra $10 million, But that extra Super Bowl. But that extra Super Bowl is going to matter when it comes to I retire and 10 years down the line, I'm eligible for the Hall of Fame right. thing. I'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer yeah. instead of like exactly. three or four years. Well, but I mean, some, But some guys, then vice versa, you have the... The Cutlers of the world who are like, or, fuck it, I just want to make as much money. Or Aaron Rodgers, who's yeah. I'm going to make fifty million, and you're going to get rid of my the best wide receiver in the NFL, and therefore because I'm, you can't pay him, it's going to totally shoot our we're shoot ourselves the in the foot, and we, we're going to reduce our chances of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, or so I mean, making okay. the playoffs, it's like, like he, he, yeah, he chose to be paid instead of right. be great. Yeah, it's like it okay, was, so you made that choice, and now look what happened. Now you didn't <laughs> make the playoffs, so that's it is what it is. You know, your choices have consequences and you have 50 million more dollars but you know you might end your career as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever who only ever won one super Super bowl Bowl. well see i'm i'm under like that i under like when i say this i know what i'm saying so it can be really confusing to people but i think you should be be paid per performance and everyone's like well that's how their contracts are good like they don't just hand out 250 million to anyone i'm like well what does deshaun watson want Right, dude's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong; he's a good player. But you just get fully guaranteed two hundred thirty million dollars to a guy who's fighting twenty six sexual allegations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And how many Super Bowls has he won? Zero. How many playoff games <laughs> has he won? How many Super Super Bowls has he been to? MVPs? Like, yeah. Sure, he's a, he's a good player. I'm not saying he's yeah. not, but but two hundred fifty guaranteed two hundred thirty million fully guaranteed for a guy who like may not even be legally allowed to play right now <laughs> lamar jackson is holding out and he want you know the guy deserves to be paid he's again a good quarterback yeah. but what all have you won like yeah you know and, and like the whole von miller contract here in denver i'm like you need to be paid per game so say hey we're gonna sign you to we'll just do easy numbers five year hundred million twenty mil per year but you might not make your full 20 mil based on performances. You have to hit this, this, and this in the season to get paid. Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't we, like, why can't we incentivize contracts more for performance? Because, and, and you know, we all know that I'm not a big fan of the NBA, but the NBA, people will just sit out. They're like, yeah. oh, he's like LeBron got booed at the Super Bowl. 
and then flew to the Super Bowl in Arizona, flew back to L.A., and then sat out because of left foot soreness or whatever. People are paying to go to Lakers games to watch LeBron James, not watch him sit on the bench. Why aren't, like, like, I don't know. I just fucking can't stand, like, pay to perform because you'll go out there, like, Bradley Chubb didn't have, like, he had, what, three sacks for the Broncos last year? But he wanted all this massive contract. No, fuck you. Earn it. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. And I, I think to your point, in a way they're paid based on performance. But when you talk about this fully guaranteed money in some of these contracts, that's where you run into the territory of if you hand too much guaranteed money to a guy who's got the Jay Cutler mentality, what is incentivizing him to increase his performance Nothing. or at least maintain his his standard of performance over the course of that contract, if he's already got the money in the bank, regardless of if he throws 27 interceptions right. or 27 touchdowns. He doesn't give a fuck. He's getting paid either way. Right. So like you, you, you take the incentive away with yeah. guaranteeing money. Yeah. So it's like, hey, X amount's guaranteed. You're already going to make $15 million or whatever it is. You, trust me, you're never going to be wanting for money. But if you want... The hundred and fifty, or the two hundred, or the two fifteen, right. or whatever it is, we got to hit these benchmarks. You need to hit these benchmarks of you know if it's football, x amount of touchdowns or passing yards or playoff right. wins or Super Bowls, NBA, it's All Star appearances or All NBA teams made right. or whatever it is. You know, like whatever your sport is. But I don't know, dude. This the, the guaranteed money in some of these contracts because I mean, what's stopping some of these guys from just being like, I'm just going to put it into neutral and fucking coast, dude. Like, I'm, uh, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Most of them, there's probably an injury clause, right? Where it's like, yeah. like for Juwan James and the Broncos, biggest worst contract that the Broncos I feel like have given out. Well, Graham Glasgow's up there too, but well, and so far <laughs> Russell Wilson's like also shit, looking like yeah. that. <laughs> I'll give him one year with Sean Payton if things yeah, yeah. don't turn around. Say, it's a little too early to make a, a judgment call on that. But, but like, Juwan James got hurt training away from the Broncos facility with non-Bronco personnel. And in his contract, they're like, well, now we can void your contract because, you know, you broke Section 2.1, Article 4, yeah. where you got injured and it's part of our injury clause where now we're off the hook for the money. And he tried – I think there was, like, a lawsuit against the Broncos, like – or a grievance filed against the Broncos saying it was, you know, wrong. And they're like, it's in the fucking contract. You got hurt training away right. from team facilities and away from team trainers. You're on the fucking hook. Yeah. Like, and I think that's how it should be. That's fair. That's like, if, fair. if me and you were, you know, playing a pickup basketball game with Sam when he was in the NFL and he tears his ACL. Right. And he goes to whatever team he he's on at the time and he's like, you guys got a fully guarantee. They're gonna. You were playing fucking basketball. <laughs> right. They're like, hey, at we're, a park with your brother yeah. and friend. Like, <laughs> we're not. We're not paying you, you to play pickup basketball at the park. Sorry, buddy. Like, guess what? What? You're cut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, great. <laughs> That's kind of like sick. you know. They, they're not paying you to go skiing. So if you fucking blow out your knees skiing, it was like college. Like, hey, man, we're not paying you to be doing that. So My, if you want this fifty million, right. you better not go skiing. <laughs> My scholarship in college. With how little it actually was, I could lose it if I got hurt skiing. If, yeah. I, if they found out that I was up snowboarding or skiing or doing something that I could hurt myself away from the track, yeah. they were like, well, we can pull your scholarship and you sign the fucking dotted line to get well, $1 and that's fair. from us. They're, they're making an investment in you for one thing. And if you're out right, yeah. in their minds fucking around... And you yeah, injure yourself. I, I had no problem with it. Now like, they're losing their investment. You right. know? It's like, it makes sense. It should be the same in all professional sports. If you yeah. get fucking hurt away, you should be sitting there and they should be like, your money's not guaranteed this year. Like, yeah. 
we're going to use that money and, you know, put it in other positions. Yeah, reallocate it a little bit. So. Should we uh, hop into some of the examples? I know you have a list pulled up, and I have. Yeah, I we're have... going to delay the Super Bowl talk because yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just, just jump right into contracts. We'll, and we'll it's, save it for it's the It'd be a weird pivot at this point to be like, so the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, the only Super Bowl we could talk about is Patrick Mahomes making fucking $500 million over 10 years. Well, and now he's got two Super Bowls. I, w- I was going to make a – speaking of Super Bowl and contracts, I was going to make a comment. You know, some of these guys – probably saw the contract that Mahomes signed and wanted similar money and it's like you may be good but are you having been to three Super Bowls in the first six years of your career won two of them and gotten two Super Bowl MVPs good oh you're not okay well then no you're not making half a million dollars over 10 years sorry as long as that motherfucker keeps winning Super Bowls and keeps winning Super Bowl MVPs they're gonna happily happily pay him that much money dude that's it's just absurd to me they should have never won. All right, jumping back to contracts. because <laughs> pivot, you know, pivot back real quick. Pivot! 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 <laughs> oh, shit. Wrong mouse. Um, well, we'll jump into NBA real quick because we were talking about it. But one of the weirdest contracts. I mean, the player's good. I don't think he'll ever win a ring. But Russell Westbrook. Yes. He signed okay. a five-year max contract at the time. worth around. It's, I think it's worth 47 mil per year with the Thunder. Yeah. Five years ago, I guess. 2017. Um, yep. He played one year under the contract with the Thunder, then was traded in the offseason, I believe, to the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. And then the Rockets traded him to the Wizards. Yep. And the Wizards traded him to the Lakers. And then this year, the Lakers traded him to the Jazz. So on a <laughs> five year contract, Russell Westbrook is now playing for his fifth team. Yeah, after signing at what was the time the largest contract in, in NBA, NBA history. history. Yep. He's playing for his fifth team in as many years. Right. That's an all-timer of, like, yikes. And I, I kind of had this discussion with Brandon the other day. He's a good player, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think he's – I just I don't know if he has it anymore like he did when he was at OKC with Harden and yeah. Durant and well, like Perkins and, and Ibaka. Clearly. I mean, because if he did – would the Thunder have traded him initially after signing him to that extension? And would the Rockets have traded him? And would the Lakers have traded him? It's like, <laughs> if he still had the juice, those teams wouldn't have been in such a big hurry to get rid of him after one year of being on the new team. Right. They, I mean, they wanted to get rid of him because they were like, this is a $47 million cap hit that we can try and get off our books yeah. and get three players or two players. And I mean, like you said, don't get me wrong, Russell Westbrook's still a good player. I wouldn't consider him a great player. But is he a $47 million a year? But that's the thing you have to evaluate is like, is he a $205 million over five years level good player? I don't think so. He may at one time have been I that mean, good. but He by has the a time, second highest cap hit in the NBA. Yeah. And another thing to think about with Russell Westbrook, he's not quite as bad as like a Kyrie Irving, but he's also not exactly been known as the best teammate. And no. the, he's got off-the-court distractions and seems to be a personality clash with a lot of different teams. And that probably plays a big factor into why so many teams don't want him around after a year either. You know what's funny, They're though? Like, is Look, like, we, we got our own guys, our own stars. We're trying to right. make you mesh with them, and it's just not working out. Well, it's kind of like the Nuggets with Bones Highland this year. You know, he thought he should be playing. I think he's got good offensive upside, but his defense was like, he's, he's like he just stood at the fucking three line, just watched <laughs> his other four players play defense yeah. and hope to get the ball. It's like you're not going to. Like, he didn't mesh well in the organization, and they were yeah. like, we got to move on. You're a great talent, but we have to move on because you're a toxicity in this locker room that yeah. is like, 
you know, it's a, the, the Nuggets locker room seems like a truly mm. close brotherhood and family. And it's like, you can't have that one you little have sour distract- apple in distractions, there. Because like, if all like things, Melvin Gordon. if all things are going as perfectly as they can be, it's still hard to win games in the NBA or the NFL. You can't have guys who are actively sabotaging the team chemistry and the possible success of your team. You just can't have that. It's like at the right. very least, you need to be at net zero of us. Like you're not, maybe you're not adding anything, but you're certainly not taking anything away. But if you're not adding anything and you're actively taking away from the team, like that, they're not going to, the teams aren't going to put up with that shit for that long. Clearly, with guys yeah, like I, Russell Westbrook, that's definitely the case. I mean, teams aren't going to want that kind of player around, especially if he's not performing to the level right. at which they're paying him, you know? Well, like, but even the performance, like, you know, you can only do so much with individual performances in sports these days. Like, you know, I'll use Connor McDavid in hockey, right? The guy's on an insane point space this year. He's got, like, almost 100 points in less than 60 games played. That's ridiculous in the NHL. But is are they going to win the Stanley Cup? No. No, they won't. Are they going to compete in the playoffs? Probably, but they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. He's making he was making the most in the NHL at 12 and a half million. They couldn't afford help around him. <laughs> the dude deserves the money. He's the best player in hockey. But like do you want to set point records or do you want to win Stanley Cups? Well, and from a team perspective, they don't give a fuck if you set some individual right. record. They're trying well, to win championships. Win championships. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> sells tickets. Don't get me wrong. He's the best, like I said, yeah. best player in the world. But but also winning championships sells tickets too. You also <laughs> had Wayne Gretzky in the same franchise that won championships. Yeah. Win a, win a, win a, you know, Stanley Cup's the hardest trophy in all sports to win. You win one of those, cements your legacy. Yeah. Even just winning one as yeah. like a superstar. Yeah. Cements your legacy. <clears throat> now I want twelve and a half per year, which in the NHL is a lot of fucking money. Right. Okay. Right. Let me let me clarify. Compared that. to those numbers, compared to the NBA and the NFL, look a lot different. Dude, it's it's insane. Okay, look at this. I have the NBA contracts pulled up. The number one player, Steph Curry, is making forty eight mil per year at the age of thirty four. Nathan McKinnon is the highest paid player in the NHL for the Avalanche. Making, I think it's twelve point seven five mil. Wow! Per year, that is the highest contract per AAV. Twelve point six million versus nearly fifty in the NBA. So he signed an eight-year contract worth a hundred point or hundred one million at the age of twenty-seven. So when he's thirty-five, will be his last year. Which in the NHL, thirty-five is is up there. You know, you mm-hmm. can still play, but he signed that contract. For twelve point six, and that is the highest payment in the NHL per year. Per yeah, year, yeah, twelve point six million. Steph Curry's making half of this guy's eight year contract in, in one year. year. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking nuts. They all play in the same fucking arenas. Granted, Steph Curry's a guy who at this point has what four NBA titles now and two right. MVPs and. I mean, I mean, it's all about the money. You also got to yeah. remember, too, the NHL, they have, what is it, a 23-man roster, and the NBA is like four. <laughs> right, yeah. They got like 12 guys total on yeah. the team, maybe. They got five starters and then like three bench players. Right, yeah. And then there's the, they're like, we're going to give a veteran's minimum of $1.1 million to this guy, and everyone's like, yay! Yeah. And it's like, so you just fill in, like, these guys played six minutes this whole fucking season. They're like, yeah. 
Dude, I'd be so happy to make the league minimum of most of these Dude, professional sports. Backup quarterback in the NFL, greatest job there is. Yeah. You can't get hit in practice. Yeah. If your quarterback stays healthy, you don't get hit in games. You just put a headset on and you make fucking $6 million a year. Yeah. Just stand on the sideline. Of course, then you run into a San Francisco 49ers situation where you get thrown in in an NFC championship game and get absolutely fucking demolished. <laughs> you have to have Tommy John surgery right, on your right. elbow. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you're, you're not expecting to play at all and you come in. But the way he was playing, he was playing himself into a nice contract. Mm-hmm. To then, you know, he was playing himself into a Jay Cutler situation where they give him his big-ass contract. And then he's and like, then I'm he sucks. He's like, I'm good. I'm chilling. Thanks for the money. <laughs> Later. Well, one thing I was going to bring up earlier, too, when you mentioned, I can't remember who we were just talking about, but um, one of the ones that I always remember off the top of my head, and I don't know what the actual contract details were, but Joe Flacco. The year after, he takes the Ravens to a Super Bowl victory over the 49ers that year, right? Um, They pay him so much money that they're then unable to keep all of the pieces around him offensively and defensively that helped them win that Super Bowl. And the Ravens go from winning the Super Bowl to kind of collapsing after that. It's like, okay, well, now you have this... This quarterback, who's this insanely highly paid quarterback, but like now you're you've ruined your chances to go back and win more Super Bowls in the years after. Like, what would you rather have, Joe Flacco making 150 million or another Super Bowl? Like, you know. So they I mean? won that Super Bowl in after the 2012 season, correct? Or like the 2012. It was season. right around then, I think. Well, because that's when his salary jumped from 6.7 million to 30 million per year. Holy shit. He made thirty million, twenty-one million, eleven million, twenty-nine million, twenty-one million. Well, that must have been when it was, because they paid him that contract after the Super Bowl victory. Because right. they're like, you know, from their argument, they're like, well, we're trying to lock down our Super Bowl winning quarterback, and it's like, I get that, but it's like at the Here expense of your entire team. Six year, hundred twenty point six million dollar extension. Joe Flacco, baby. Joe Flacco, back in twenty thirteen, who. Had a pretty average career, if you think about it. I mean, I don't know. I don't have his stats in front of me, but like, other than the one Super Bowl win, he won one Super Bowl. What else did he do? Won you one know? Super Bowl. I mean, I've never won a Super Bowl. I can't say anything, but still. Yeah, what have you done, Zach? <laughs> Not when how a many Super, Super Bowl? Bowls have you won? <laughs> um, do you have any other crazy NBA ones, or should we just bounce around and do some of the um, other ones? Let me see if there's – let's see. So I'm looking at a, I, a Bleacher I, Report top 10 worst. Let's see if there's an NBA one say, on I here. might be looking at the exact same article as you. Um, a lot of – oh, Joachim Noah, four-year yeah, 72 million. Yep. They, he's literally he, – he just got done being paid out last year yeah. from the, the Knicks. Yeah. Yikes. Joachim Noah, a guy who once upon a time had a lot of success both in college and his early years in the pros, but – was just kind of washed after yeah. a few years, and they they paid him a lot of money, and he's not even in the league anymore, is he? I don't think so. And they just they, they just finished paying him out, and he hasn't played. I think I because I was reading that one yesterday, and didn't they say like they just finished paying him out like four years after he was right. done was, playing for them or something? It was like signed that? in like 2016, and it was like two years later they just got well. Speaking of that, could you imagine being just at home four years after you played for the Knicks and you're still collecting Knicks paychecks? Well, you have the Bobby Bonilla, so it's like every year on yeah. July first is um, Bobby Bonilla, Bobby Bonilla Day. Day. That's the main one I want to talk about. Where he is still making 1.2 mil per year through 2035, so he still has 12 years left on this contract to make 1.2 million dollars. And when did they say he signed it? Like 2011 or something like every that? every year from 2011 through 2035. 
is when he'll make $1.2 million. And when was the last time he played baseball? It's been like a decade or something. The agreement is the result of New York releasing him before the 2000 season and turning the remaining $5.9 million into $29.8 million. So they owed him $6 million. And instead of just paying out his full contract, they're like, we're just going to extend it from $6 million to $30 million. You're going to five extra money. And he's like, so crazy. Signed it. Yeah, so I don't know if anyone was aware of that, but every oh, year... Oh, any sports person should be aware in of what, that. Was it July 1st? July 1st. Is Bobby Bonilla Day, and he gets $1.2 million every year. Every Guy year. hasn't played Through baseball. Through 2035, since 2000. Since in 20 years. In 23 years. years he hasn't has played, played baseball. <laughs> and he's making $1.2 in baseball salary. And he still gets it for another, what, like 12 years or something? Yeah, 2035. And, and it still counts on the books. So this is like he's part of their salary. Dude. Like, I wonder what that I please do some sort of like a documentary or an interview with that guy a little E60 ESPN cuz like I would kill to know what that guy is up to and like what it's like in his household every July 1st where he's just like babe get to check the check came in the mail <laughs> came. cash it let's go another one and a half million fucking crazy well, dude and then you got in the NHL they had the same type of deal with Rick DiPietro, a goalie that signed a contract with the Islanders, he's making one and a half million per year through 2029, because he made his agreement in 2006 after he secured a 15-year, 68 million dollar contract, and then he had injuries, and that was kind of the end of his contract. So they waived him in 2013, and the buyout cost 1.5 million annually until the 16-year payout schedule. Draws to an end in 2029. So he's making so one and a half million. Of course, his was injuries, so they had to kind of just cut their losses. But making one and a half million to not play the sport that you were being paid to play in the first place. So so crazy. I don't know. I mean, I don't understand how those contracts get for him and Bobby Bonilla. I don't understand how they get structured that way. Like, so it's just like the buyout clause. Like, I guess I don't understand the intricacies of the contracts and stuff, but it's like, how the hell? Well, like, so I I could be way off on this too because I don't know the contract parts. As much as I want to be a GM, that shit's way over my fucking head. Well, that's um, a whole like you have to be like sports law is like right. its whole. It's Dude, I look to be a sports agent, field. and I'm like, yeah, I could you know negotiate for people, and they're like, you literally have to be a lawyer. And yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah. it's all just like contract disputes and stuff. School. For lawyer, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, no. But um, like Russell Wilson, if we cut him after this first year, we would have like a hundred million dead, dead cap space, which means we would have to wipe out a hundred million in contracts on our books. But it's like he still gets paid X amount, but I don't know what it would be drawn out through. Like, right. So we we would take the massive cap hit this year, and we'd still still take a cap hit next year, but. He's still making fucking all of his guaranteed money, and I just don't know what that's drawn right. out through. Like, yeah. how how long does it get paid out over? Yeah, right. So it becomes one of those. I think it's probably contract by contract, especially these big ones. They're probably like, yeah, in twenty sixty eight, it'll <laughs> be paid off. Well, that's what I'm and the thinking. Players like, like, yeah, that's good for me. Because like, like, what does that even geez. sound like today? For as a comparison to the Bobby Bonilla thing, because he was playing baseball in the year two thousand. It's now twenty twenty three. He's still 
12 years it's a thir- away it's a 30 from million getting, dollar contract or whatever that they're paying out it, it's still 12 years away from getting done being paid out and right. the guy last played baseball 23 years ago right like that'd be like a guy signing a contract today and like you said they're like yeah your final payment will be in 2068 like what does that even mean he's like it sounds like a sci-fi they're like, do you want to give us like, a beneficiary and then you're gonna have that beneficiary right. give us a beneficiary right. to yeah. get your final payment yeah. your final check will be paid to your grandchild it just yeah i don't know i mean i don't get I don't know, dude. There's just so much money in sports, and well, it just baseball, doesn't make sense. One of the things I was going to say is when we're when I was looking up these lists, most of the examples on here are baseball examples. Like, for instance, here's one right here, and here's one that you know I don't watch a lot of baseball anymore. But Miguel Cabrera is is a hey, name I had that, most, that on my list too. Yeah, I, th- I think his is his pops up on a lot of these lists. So he signed an eight year, two hundred and forty eight million dollar contract. This little blurb here just basically says. Um, the Tigers inked their star first baseman to a long-term contract in 2016 following his decade of dominance. So at this point, he'd already played in the pros for 10 years. Cabrera produced MVP winning seasons in 2012 and 2013. He made 11 all-star appearances and had a career 310 batting average. It said, however, the 39-year-old's play was quickly declined following his big payday. So keep in mind, this guy's 39 years old. They're signing him to an eight-year contract. I, in what way that makes any sense, I, I will never understand. It said Cabrera mustered just 16 home runs in 529 plate appearances the year after signing his contract, later going on to miss much of the 2018 season due to hamstring and biceps injuries. Although Cabrera hasn't lived up to his monumental deal in recent years, he sports a 300 batting average in 2022 and recorded his 3,000th hit earlier this season. So another guy who's on this list that's a very comparable one is Albert Pujols. Yep. I don't know if you if you found his on your list. With the Angels. With the Angels. And it's one of these things. To me, those are both very similar. They're, they're very comparable because they're kind of like legacy contracts. Right. Where it's like, hey, Miguel Cabrera, hey, Albert Pujols, we recognize that you're a generational talent who has dominated the pros for 10 years or whatever it may be. You're a big bat. You're a big bat. We want to give you this fat contract. But by the time that happens, this guy's like, you know, 38 years old. These guys are in their mid to late 30s. It's like, do you really want to lock that guy down for another decade? How much is he going to be producing at age 48? Well, you know, like, what are we talking about here? And so the the Pujols one, just to bounce right into that because we were just mentioning it, his L.A. Angels contract was a 10-year-long, $240 million contract. Um, oh, my God. I clicked on a fucking Here, I ad. got it. I got Son it. of a bitch. You got to love ads. Pop up. Pop up. Got All right. Me. It was a 10-year, $240 yeah, yeah. million dollar contract that was supposed to pay through 2021. Um, he dominated for... 11 years before that, and then after the 2011 season, you know, he played really well. But he was he was entering his 32nd uh, year of life when yeah. he signed this 10-year contract. Deal. And it just slowly, since 2015, it really, he really started to, like, not fall apart, but, like, he wasn't producing like he did yeah. when he was with the Cardinals yeah. in the early, the couple years with the... The Angels, but which is to be expected. I mean, guys, their production decreases as they get older. That's right. to be expected. I have a hard time like saying baseball contracts are terrible though, just because there's no salary cap. You're right. Like, so their contract affects the team in no way, shape, or form. Because if you're the Yankees, you're like, I got a 1.8 billion dollar payroll per right. year. Right. 
I could pay a guy five hundred million a year and still pay the rest of our team and win championships. Right. And I think it's that's like, why, consequently, so many of these baseball examples pop up on these lists right. is because they they have this no salary cap thing in baseball. So, just so these contracts, amount of yeah, money. these contracts just become insanely inflated, and you're like, what well, are we talking? You want to hear here? absurd money? Um, here we go. Lionel Messi. Oh my God! The international soccer players. A four year, four year contract with FC Barcelona, so in Spain, for guess what? A staggering six hundred and seventy four million for four years. For four years. For four years. <laughs> that is the largest sports contract of all time. This was Messi. Yeah, well, this might not have been updated because Ronaldo just signed a two-year, four hundred million dollar contract with the Saudi Arabian team. Then again, money to them is like nothing. Yeah, yeah, it they, go, they go like drill one hole out yeah. in the desert, and there's eight billion dollars. So. Yeah, but that's two hundred mil per year for a two-year for a two-year deal, deal for a Cristiano Ronaldo who's like forty-nine. Isn't, I was gonna say, isn't he like well into his? Is he in his forties or is he I've, like late thirties or I something? I think he's close to his forties. He's got to be in his like late thirties. I mean, I don't watch soccer, but that guy's been around a long time. And then here was the top ten players paid per game, like their their game check. Messi was thirty-three point one million per, per, game. per game per game per ninety minutes to go run on a field and kick a ball. That's almost encroaching on what that Steph Curry contract is per season. Per season, right. And we thought that was disgusting. Mahomes makes 2.6 per game. <laughs> and then you put so so here so here's three here's four good examples. The Dak Prescott's the third most per game according to this Title Max article. I don't know when it was last updated, so our numbers could be off. We might be missing players, you know, we'll throw that. But Dak Prescott's making 2.5 mil per game. What the fuck game. has he done? <laughs> Again, he's a good quarterback, but is he Super Bowl caliber, championship winning yeah. type quarterback? The way he's no. played in the playoffs, not a fucking chance. Yeah. Which, by all means, he's a cowboy. Great. Keep him there. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. What the fuck has he done again? Like we talked about, 2.4 mil per game, fourth I, on the list. I think this Browns contract that they handed out to Deshaun Watson was a colossal mistake. Dude, it fucked up the quarterback market forever. Colossal mistake. Then you and have I, Russell Wilson at 2.2 mil per game. Oh, God, yeah. He at least has won a Super Bowl right, and right. shown that he can be an MVP caliber player. Yeah. He should have won a second Super Bowl, but they were like, we're going to throw the ball on the two-yard line instead of run with Marshawn Lynch. Right, right. Great decision. One of the him. all-time blunders in Super Bowl history. Um, And then you got Jimmy Garoppolo making 1.8 per year or per game. The handsome What the devil. fuck did he do to fucking do? You backed up Tom Brady? Just looked handsome on the sidelines. Like, <laughs> you're making $1.8 million. Per game. Per game. That's fucking nuts. Per game. <laughs> you know how long it would take either of us to make $1.8 million? Pretty much our whole lives. Not waking up on a Sunday morning and strolling down to fucking Levi Field. Yeah. Or Levi Stadium, whatever the fuck it's called. And playing an average game. And playing an average game <laughs> and getting hurt. Yeah. Dude, what it's was insane. What was the messy number? It was like 32 30, million. 33.2 million per, per game. Per game. Oh my God, dude. What is it even like to have that much money? Like, what does that guy's life look like? Bro, they say after you have like over $10 million, you just don't realize what money is. They're like, you can obviously oh, spend yeah. your money, but if you're smart with your money and you only get like your necessities, you can still like spoil yourself. But they're like, 
you can make your 10 million last you for like generations. So yeah. Like, and, and you can live very well. So on anything it. above that is just play money. It's right. Just like, but this guy like shows up to the soccer pitch and is like, yeah, I just pocketed 33.2 mil boys. Fucking game checks. And now he won a world cup. So who knows what shit that's going to do. This was his FC Barcelona. And this was a while ago. Cause he got, he like played for Paris St. Germain or whatever. Well, like insane money. Yeah, so in a here in the United States, the the MLB contracts are the most disgusting. Those are the ones where you hear yes. of like the guy signing the 250, 300, 350, 400 million dollar contracts and we think that. that's fucking preposterous, which it is. And then you talk about the international soccer players and then you got Messi's like, "Yeah, I'm making a cool 33 million per game." So the highest so Max Scherzer Signed a contract last year with the Mets. He's 37, or that's when he signed, was age 37. Okay. Three years, 130 million, 43.3 mil per. Justin Verlander signed, he's 39, and he signed this offseason with the Mets. Two years, 86.7 mil total, so the same exact AAV. 37 and a 39 year old pitcher both just signed $43.3 million per year contracts in the MLB. That's the highest AAV. Guys who are almost 40. Right. And then you got like Aaron Judge who just signed a nine-year, $360 million contract making $40 million per year. <laughs> Some of these contracts, dude, I just like don't – I don't have any words. And here I'm like, can I get a $5 raise? And they're like, no, yeah. we'll give you $0.25. Cents. And I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> We're going up. And these guys are like, hey, by the way, I'm making $40 million per year. Dude, thirty million a game. Yeah, that's the even more that's like your astounding fucking game check. Yeah, that's more than certain leagues have revenue. Oh yeah, that's probably more money than the WNBA makes in an entire year. Dude, okay. <clears throat> Speaking of contracts, no disrespect to the WNBA. Well, <clears throat> so it's just no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say this in the most politically correct way possible because you know. I, I truly believe all like women's sports should have the same platforms and shit. Like like we've discussed if when my kids grow up, if they want to play basketball, they're gonna watch WNBA games because that's how they're gonna learn to play it's the, the actual basketball game. It's games. far closer to how basketball they're, should they're actually be. They're gonna and they're gonna watch college basketball, but that's it. They're not gonna watch the NBA. Like women's basketball is the perfect way to play basketball. And they're not selfish. They play team at like mm-hmm. it's perfect. But I saw some something and I'll have to see if I can find the video. Where they go, the the way the NBA is paid is based on revenue, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's how the players make money. That's how the teams make money. So someone's like, the NBA wants the same percentage, or the WNBA, excuse me, wants the same percentage payout per player as the NBA. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, I don't, I don't care about percentages. You know, women, they should make the same. I don't care. But if it's based on revenue, the guy did the math and he goes, well, if the WNBA wants the same amount of money percentage-wise as the NBA, he goes, that means each player is going to have to pay the WNBA <laughs> $32,000 per year or something. Because something they like, have like a negative Because they have a negative profit. Yeah. And so he's like, what you're not understanding is if the WNBA was profitable, their right. wages obviously keep rising. Mm-hmm. But because they're operating at a net loss, right? You can't they're, say they're dropping. 
we should all be paid based on the right. revenue. It's like, okay, well, now you owe the company money because right. the company doesn't make it. They lose money. <laughs> right. And then you get like, it was the Red Rock special for Bill Burr, oh, which yeah, is on Netflix. Yeah. Highly recommend. It's yes, fucking hilarious. 100%. It's so great. But he brings up, you know, like feminism and all this shit and how women need to empower women. And it's like, well, why aren't the women supporting women's basketball? Yeah, why aren't well, you guys go to the NBA game, but you're not packing yeah, a WNBA Packed game. house for WNBA. It should right. be like that for every game. So then. women just refuse to support women. But then again, they also go, it's more entertaining to go watch the men play. Which, anyone who watches sports is not going to... It's going to be hard to argue the opposite of that. It right. really simply is more entertaining to watch a, an NBA game than it is a WNBA right. game. It just is. So, consequently, less people buy tickets, less people watch right. the games for WNBA, the less money they make, the less money they have to pay their players. That's just, unfortunately, how it works. Right. That's just the way that yeah. sports have, have worked. Right. Well, now men can play women's sports anyways, so... Maybe they'll get more money that way because <laughs> men that suck ass are going to go play against women. And all this shit women fought for for fucking decades is just thrown out the window. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, discussion. I'll try not to get in that because they get fucking heated on that's that. That's a different but, topic altogether. But, I mean, hey, they shouldn't pay that man that's playing women's sports more than the women in that sport. So just saying, if they are making more, then that is truly sexist by your owner on that team. Oh, fucking raise awareness. <laughs> You raise awareness. <laughs> That's your little plug. Yeah, just raising awareness here. <laughs> it's what we do here on the Just Browsing Podcast. But I think it's just, oh, dude, I don't know. Sports money is just ridiculous. And then you got people that are like, well, those players shouldn't make that much money. It's like, no, you're right. They're playing a sport. They shouldn't make that much money. Uh, yeah. But then again, you have Johnny Depp who signs, what, a 20 mil per movie? Like he's guaranteed 20 oh, dude, mil or whatever makes a more. disgusting amount of money. Like, and, and again, I don't care. That's not my money. I, I, I watched Pirates of the Caribbean, so I helped pay that $20 million. Mm -hmm. But I liked Pirates of the Caribbean. It was, it, was, it was worth it. And people are like, well, they don't deserve to make that much money. It's like, right. So then don't watch the sport. Don't go to the games. Don't buy memorabilia. Yeah. And they're like, well, but I enjoy it. It's like, well, then don't complain that you're paying that person's salary when you spend $70 per year on a new hoodie or mm -hmm. a new pair of gloves. And then you spend $300 on a new jersey every year. That money goes to the players. Yeah, it's really – I mean, if we wanted to get into a discussion about, like, in society as a whole, which jobs should actually be earning the most money based on the actual productivity and input they provide to society at large, it's all completely backwards and fucked, for sure. But, but it just goes to show that's where society – that's where we put all of our values in entertainment. It's in right. sports. It's in movies. It's in, you know, TV shows. We're like, fuck you, teachers. Music. Yeah. That's where we – I mean – it, it's kind of like my – this is where I always end. Every time the Super Bowl rolls around, not to – we don't have to get into our Super Bowl discussion just yet, but – Eagles got fucking screwed. Every time the Super Bowl comes around, just for shits and gigs, I always just like to look up like what the average price is for a Super Bowl ticket. 7.3 million per commercial too this year. <laughs> oh, my God. Let that sink in. 30 seconds cost 7.3 million. So I think in recent years – I didn't really double-check it this year, but the average price of just a regular ticket – to a Super Bowl game is somewhere between like five and ten thousand dollars each. Now, the average fucking person can't afford that. So you get frustrated. On one hand, you get frustrated of like, well, what happens if I want to go to the Super Bowl? Or if like just an average Joe who works a regular job has a wife and two you take kids. Take out a loan. He wants to yeah. He wants to go to the Super Bowl. It's unaffordable. It's it's unattainably expensive for him to do that. Right. Now on the flip side, the reason it is 
everything is supply and demand, right? So as long as there's 75,000 people that are willing to pay 10 grand per ticket to file into that stadium and watch that game, guess what? Those ticket prices are going to remain at $10,000 a ticket or go up until everyone in society decides we are not going to pay these prices the prices are not going to come down. Right, they're all just, just going to go up. That's unfortunately just how it's going to work. And in this country, there are enough people that have enough money to go to NBA games and sit courtside or buy Super Bowl tickets or go to hockey games and have season tickets and all this kind of stuff that if you're running a business, which all of these things are, <laughs> what are you going to do? Make the tickets to the Super Bowl $150 so normal people can afford to go or are you going to make them 10 grand each because you're going to get 10 grand from people? Well, but you're in the business of making the most money possible. But here's the thing too is like so my parents own partial season tickets to the Avalanche with their group of friends, right? The playoff tickets from the email that I got would cost roughly like $125 per ticket for round 1 and then like Stanley Cup Finals, it's like $190 per ticket for round one. That's honestly not as bad as I was expecting. That's lower bowl um, in the attack one zone. Or attack yeah, attack one zone. That's not bad for Stanley Cup tickets because they're season ticket holders, so you get priority. Yeah. Um, My dad and I went to game one of the Stanley Cup Finals this past year against the Lightning. We were in the very second to last row at the very top, (laughs) center ice. And it was a thousand dollars for the two tickets. Jesus, so five hundred each. Those tickets aren't five hundred dollars in the books. Those tickets right. were probably eighty bucks. If we were the season ticket holders, we probably would have gotten those for like eighty bucks yeah. for the Stanley Cup Finals, and, and we were. But those were the cheapest tickets we could find. Mm-hmm. And every game after it, like those tickets, I think game two were like seven fifty. Game six or game five were. Probably thousand, maybe more, because they could have clinched right. Because they could have clinched the cup, Mm -hmm. and then game seven were pre-sales, obviously, so you get your money back. But they are probably fifteen hundred plus. Oh my god! And it's just because there's there's fans out there like me that they're want to go to the game and experience because you can watch the game at home on the TV and and you know. My, I was at my parents watching it, and it was just insane. Like, yeah, it was so much fun. But game one atmosphere, I don't think unless they when they go back and I get to go again, we'll never beat that. That fucking yeah, atmosphere yeah. there was insane. I've never been to a Bronco playoff game. I want to do that. But the tickets, again, it's Broncos country. They're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah. Never been to a Rockies playoff game because they don't exist. <laughs> but you'd have to time travel back to 2007. Well, my dad tried to get World Series tickets, but the system crashed as soon as he like entered the last digit in his credit card number. Uh, the online system crashed, so we didn't get a go. Well, because everyone was like, "Oh my God, the Rockies are actually in the World Series!" Right. Holy fuck! <laughs> this right, I've never even been to the playoffs. Yeah. Like, what yeah. are we doing? <laughs> everyone buy tickets. But it's like the supply is limited but the demand yeah. is through the it's roof and then there's these high, secondary yeah. ticket sales that it's just like it's a fucking bidding war oh yeah like i'll even say see you in nebraska um when midnight mel was our coach he uh this it was like a sea of red in boulder and it was just because cu people were like these nebraska fans are buying these tickets at like 10x the 
yeah. the value. So then, why wouldn't we sell these tickets? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then they lost an over like Nebraska lost in overtime. So all these Nebraska fans paid all this money uh-huh. to watch their team lose. Yeah. On the road, and it's like the CU fans are like I watched it at home and, and made, made nine hundred dollars so right. off of you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's insane, and I'm like, yeah, well, people are willing to pay. Yeah, well, that's the thing is as long as people are willing to pay, the prices are going to remain like that. For the Super Bowl, and this is one of those things that I was thinking about too, because you look at ticket prices, and your ticket prices alone are obscene. And it's like, okay, most people don't live near the stadium, right? So right. you got to fly into the stadium, so that means plane tickets. you got to get somewhere to stay, so that means an Airbnb or a hotel. you got to get all your food the whole time you're there, all your drinks, plus the tickets to the game. I mean, fuck, for a normal, per- for like regular ass tickets, that trip is like $25,000. Right. It's like, what the fuck? Well, and you got to Depending on how many tickets you're buying. You, you got to think too, because like, you know, we know where the Super Bowl is going to be, what, two or three years in advance. Mm-hmm. So hotel rates get jacked up for that week. Yep. Airfares through the roof. Uber. Doesn't matter. Like, you'd have to be, you'd be like, yeah, so we're going to go to Vegas, you know, in 2020 for the 2024 Super Bowl. But you figured that out in 2019 before it was named the super the host city for the Super Bowl, and you're like, oh shit, everything was super cheap. Yeah. And now you look at it, and it's like, oh, it's like quadruple the rate. Right. Because they know. Because they know everyone. No, it doesn't fucking in. matter. They need rooms, and they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to pay whatever the price is. So my uncle lives in Vegas. You know, um, does a lot of important work out there, and he's part of the Super Bowl committee and the Formula One committee. Because they're they're having a Formula One race out in Vegas. Oh yeah, I heard about that last. And time that is more going to be more expensive, I believe, than the Super Bowl. I heard that same thing um, every year. Vegas has this massive EDM festival there, mm-hmm. and our Uber driver was telling us about the prices that get inflated for that EDM festival for like Ubers for hotel rooms. Right, everything is just preposterously so. Overpriced. Like when we were out there for your bachelor party, we picked a terrible weekend to fucking. We did go. like everything every, was fucking happening that week because there was the Conor McGregor fight was in town. Um, there was some massive country concert yeah, that was going at, on at Allegiant Stadium that yeah. sold out like eighty thousand tickets. Yeah, all on the weekend. I think there was one other event going on. There, I think as there was well. stand up comedy. Joe Rogan, right. and Dave Joe Chappelle Rogan, were there. Dave Chappelle yeah. were there, and I think there was something else going on. I yeah. don't know if it was maybe an NASCAR race or yeah. something. It was like all but this like Vegas was insane. Yeah. Like our prices weren't terrible, but I was like, why are we paying this much to go? And it's right. like, well, all this shit. Why is the only weekend we could all go? Yeah, to. Everything yeah. is going on. If we went the yeah. weekend after, I'm pretty sure we would have saved half of our money. Oh, at least. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we would have lost it, but we would have saved <laughs> yeah, it yeah. initial cost and then and just lost it later on. Saved it for right. gambling. Yeah. Give it back in another but it's, way. But it's supply and demand. And mm-hmm. like you said, there's money out there that, I mean, Super Bowl draws international people to it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're and like, I mean, hey, as, as long as there's enough wealthy people who are willing to spend that much money, and for a lot of people too, I guarantee you. There's a pretty decent percentage of rich people that show up to the Super Bowl who have no interest in football or sports in general. Right. It's just a social event for them. Right. Oh, yeah. For them to just hang out with other rich people, take pictures, go to after parties, all that kind of shit. And, but they're the ones who it's, can afford the $25,000 per ticket prices right. or whatever. Or they don't, they don't even. Suite. You know what's the fucked up part, though, is a lot of those people don't even pay for their shit. Right. Yeah. Like it's just, just like, like yeah. my uncle was at the Super Bowl. I don't think he had to pay. I think he was there for, I mean, he pays with the work he does, but yeah. he was there in a corporate suite 
I love how you, you like, pay. I love how earlier you made it sound like he was part of the fucking mob or something. You're like, yeah, my uncle's out in Vegas. He does a lot of important work. Anyway, I won't talk about it. <laughs> uh, people just don't even know who he is. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, does a lot of important work. Don't cross me. <laughs> but no, he's like he was he was talking to my mom like Thursday or something when I was over there. And he's like, yeah, you know, he, he's helping with this whole Formula One race. And he goes, I'm like, I told my mom, I'm like, the amount of money that's going to fly in for a Formula One race is probably the net worth of people that oh are going to be there probably get close to like half a trillion plus dollars. Yeah. Like that's like a whole other elite level of wealth. Right. And there are the people who show up to but, watch those things. But that's the thing is they're closing down the strip because it's going to go down Las Vegas Boulevard. Yeah. They're building like grandstands in front of Bellagio. And they're like, the tickets to those are like $1,500 minimum to watch a car go, you're like, as you're sitting up there and you're hammered anyway, you're not, you know, you're not going to be paying attention. <laughs> uh, who won? I'm like, yeah, Max for stopping one. You're like, Woo. okay, great. Glad we paid $1,500 for that. Um, one thing I wanted to mention too, before we kind of like get away from this. And, and you and I, this is what kind of spurred this conversation because we talked about this on a prior episode. I don't know how we got on this topic, but Julio Rodriguez for the Seattle Mariners is a rookie or was a rookie this past year. And this guy signed a 14-year deal with $210 million in guaranteed money, and it could possibly max out if he hits all of his bonuses and all that at $470 million over 14 years. And granted, this guy signed this contract in the middle of his rookie season. Had not, at the time he's inked that deal, had not completed one full season in Major League Baseball. And yet, for some reason, the Seattle Mariners thought, yeah, let's agree to give this guy $210 million guaranteed over the next 14 years and possibly pay him almost half a billion dollars over the course of that time. 21-year-old, 12-year contract, $210 million. Only a $17.5 million per year. So you're like, oh, that's reasonable. But then you're like, wait a second. He's played 80 games. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, where do I sign? That's what I mean. Is I, I think this, to me, is the most prime example of a real-time contemporary contract that got signed where I was like, this seems like absolute insanity to me. Because it's not like this is a guy, you know, the Miguel Cabrera example, the Albert Pujols example, those are both examples of, of contracts where they're like, okay, it's almost a decade long, it's $300 million, give or take a couple years and a, you know, $50 million or whatever. But they're for guys who are proven generational talents who have won multiple, you know, had multiple all-star game appearances, have either won batting titles or home run titles or whatever it may be or MVP awards over the course of 10 years, then they get that kind of money. The Mariners are like, no, no, no. We don't even care if this guy's going to be We're good locking at, him the, up. at the end of his first season. 14 years, $210 million We're, we're locking him up early. Like, we can release him later. Like, I, I just, that, when I saw that, I was completely and utterly baffled. I don't, I don't even know. And I, I think, here's the thing, is like everyone seems to be, all the articles I was reading, everyone's like, this guy is a generational talent. He's right, like a Mike Trout good. type player. But there have been a lot of guys like that who are have a, in a tremendous amount of potential. Everyone's like, this is a generational, once-in-a-generation once guy, a perfect example, Greg Oden, and they never end up doing jack shit. So it's like, and I, Richardson. I, I think this guy, I, I'd have to look Eddie it up Lacey. and double-check. I think Julio Rodriguez actually Jamarcus did win Russell. like rookie of the year or something this past year. 
So, I mean, yeah. he's clearly good, but, like, is that going to equate it's, to 14 <laughs> all-star appearances and, you know, two two or four MVPs? Well, you took a big gamble. A Let's World put it Series title. If it doesn't, is it worth paying him $210 million guaranteed? That just seems fucking preposterous to me. It's baseball, though. They're like, yeah, whatever. We it, can it, afford it. Yeah, it literally doesn't even seem like to them. They're just like, this is not even real money. See, that's it's where, just, like, like, going to the Lamar Jackson contract, he wants a Deshaun Watson-type deal. And the Ravens are kind of like, ah, we just don't know. Like he's a good talent, he's a good quarterback, but his style is dangerous. He could mm-hmm. easily get hurt. Well, we've seen him get hurt, mm-hmm. and it's like your durability might not be worth the durability is a big that question. big of a contract. Mm-hmm. Some other team might be like, we're we're fucking doing it, and then there's an ACL. Right. Come, like Robert RG three. That dude, I feel like, could have been a really good quarterback. Had he stayed healthy, that guy would have been special. Fucking injuries, though. Yeah. And, and you can't predict injuries. Yeah. Career loss to injuries. Terrible. Fucking mm-hmm. awful. We all wanted to see him play. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Great player. But injuries derailed his career. Lamar Jackson doesn't play a safe game. Yeah. One one torn ACL, and he doesn't come back normal. And he's also kind of... A small guy, meaning like muscle wise, right? You know what I mean. Like he, he seems like he's a guy who would be prone to getting hurt. He's not a Jalen Hurts who squats six hundred yes, pounds, yes. where he's he's built to take right. some damage. Like Jalen Hurts is almost built like a running back from like the waist down, yeah. especially. So that's a guy who, like, you see him, you're like, that guy can, you know, he's a running quarterback, but he can withstand some hits. Right. He shouldn't take the hits. He shouldn't but take he them. Can, yeah, but he, he could can. withstand some and, and have some durability. Right. Lamar Jackson, I don't have that feeling with. Like that guy. It's right. like he gets he uses hit, his speed. He gets hit one too many times, and he's going to be breaking stuff and tearing stuff. He's just slender, right? You know, he's, he's like, too he's brittle. He's, he's, he looks brittle, and right. it's like it's just a fact of life in the NFL. Those guys are fucking big. They're really strong. They're all really fast. And if you're taking a lot of punishment, unless you're built, I mean, Cam Newton is a guy who's much bigger and stronger than Lamar Jackson, and that guy's career basically got shot because of taking too many hits, right? And he complained about it, but it's like, well, you're a running back at that point, bro. Get out of bounds. Don't get hit. Either slide or get out of bounds. I don't know what you want me to tell you. But I I just – I would rather have given Lamar Jackson the Russell Wilson contract, but at the same time, Russell Wilson's shown more success than Lamar Jackson has. Right. And that's where it's like, okay, like – Lamar Jackson's younger, has – probably more potential and stuff ahead of him. His ceiling's much higher. His ceiling's higher, but Russell Wilson has proven more in the past, right. for sure, and had much more success in the past. So it's like one of those things it's tough to evaluate because the key with all of these massive contracts is you got to find the guy who's going to be your franchise player, but you got to catch him in that sweet spot of like he's already proven he's really good and he can have success, right. but he's also not too old and there's not – you need to have it where there's like – there's not more road behind him than there is in front of him. Right. You know what I mean? Like a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He proved success early on in his career. Won a Super Bowl. I think he signed the contract a year removed from the Super Bowl. So not directly after the Super Bowl, but the year after. I think, I think he, he signed right. it yeah. maybe after they lost to the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <clears throat> but his play style's pretty safe. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, at that point, he'd been in the league, like, what, four years? Had right. already been to two Super so Bowls. It's not, he's won one. He's gotten a Super Bowl MVP. It's not, like, fully absurd to give someone that. I mean, it's absurd to give someone that money. Don't get me wrong. But so he signed He signed the contract at 24. Okay. Um, He was drafted when he was 
Or so he signed the contract at 24. What year are we now for Mahomes? Is this like his sixth season or something like that? Patrick Mahomes was draft, I believe, in 2017. Yeah. So that would that'd be about right. Yeah. So 2017. So we're entering. This will. So if he was drafted in 2017, we're entering his sixth year because that means yeah. 2017 would have been his, his first, first year. Season. Yeah. So in five full seasons, guys gone to three Super Bowls, won two of them, and won two Super Bowl MVPs. Right. It's so pretty, it's pretty damn good. So in his career stats, he played one game his rookie year. Went 22 of 30 against the Broncos, I think. Went 22 of 35, zero touchdowns, one interception. But I think they won the game. Since then, he has played 16, 14, 15, 17, 17 games for the Chiefs. Compiling a total, this is a career totals, 66.3% completion, 24,241 yards. He's thrown for 5,000 yards twice in his career. Uh, forty-seven or four thousand forty-seven hundred and forty-eight hundred, or the other three numbers. Fifty TDs, twenty-six, thirty-eight, thirty-seven, forty-one. So one hundred ninety-two TDs, forty-nine interceptions. He's been sacked one hundred twenty-one times, which is a decent amount in six years. But he's in six years, and I think he could break Brady's records if he plays to Brady age. To Brady's age, he would have to play till like forty or forty-one or forty-two. But but the way yeah. he's playing now, if if they're, I mean, judging and you know, granted, this is uh, I work in the finance industry. This is the the classic, you know, past performance is not indicative of future results. Right. Whole thing. But you know, if his first five, four or five seasons is anything to go off of, if he keeps that pace up, yeah, I mean, he's the only guy I can think of that would be. Have any sort of a shot at, and at it pains to me as that. a Broncos fan to say that, but like in reality, we have to face him twice a year, and he's gonna, he's gonna. I don't know if, I don't know if the Super Bowl mark will ever be hit because that's a tall task. <laughs> yeah. But Mahomes, statistic wise, has everything he needs to just, yeah. I mean, but then again, you got like a Joe Burrow who could do the same shit, Justin Herbert, like this new generation of like we're going to we were blessed with the generation we grew up with Peyton, Eli, mm-hmm. Brady, Roethlisberger, you know. All of those guys, we got blessed to watch them, but now it's like holy shit, we got Herbert, Burrow, Mahomes, Jackson, Hurts. Dude, I I saw something the other day and I guess just off the top of my head, I think Aaron Rodgers is pretty much the last guy standing in terms of the quarterbacks who we grew up watching. Unless Matt Ryan decides to show up. Oh, that's right. Matt Ryan's still hanging around. But, I mean, if you think about it, Drew Brees is retired. Phillip Rivers is retired. Peyton and Eli Manning. Tom Brady's now retired. Ben Roethlisberger's retired. It's like all those guys. Brett Favre, yeah. Played a long time. All of those guys who we grew up watching are all now, all of them, retired. And now it's pretty much Rodgers and, like, Matt Ryan are hanging around still. And... Other than that, it's an entirely new generation. Yeah, yeah. It's really crazy. And it's not going to disappoint. It's going to be Josh Allen. I'm pretty excited about it, dude. I think we've talked about this several times on this podcast, but yeah, the new generation of quarterbacks in the NFL are really talented. Yeah, and they're making a lot of money. Yeah. Joe Flacco's another guy. Is he still around, or did he finally retire? He was on the Eagles practice squad, I believe. Okay. He got so released he's from guy the Jets. Like, and, yeah. He's been trying to hang around, too, but that's another old head who's who's now like yeah, pretty much out of here. Up. but. Yeah, him and uh, really Aaron Rodgers is the only guy out of that entire group who is like still producing. Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco Which, are both pretty. A fifty million dollar contract for him was in, 
per year was insane. Let's see. Yeah. He signed. Um, what do you think about him? I know the whole thing is like, is Brady going to actually stay retired? But what about Aaron Rodgers? Do you think he's actually going to hang it up? No. I think he'll play out this contract. I he's think He's got a lot left in the tank, if you ask me. I that think he'll go to either the to. Jets or the Raiders. Um, It'd be weird seeing him in a Raiders uniform. Or I would not like uniform. it. I don't. I wouldn't like it, but (laughs) I don't know. I think he, um, I think he's kind of like a Kyrie Irving type teammate. He's not a good teammate. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it's hard to say because I don't like, I don't know these guys personally, but he just doesn't seem like he's based on his actions and his based on his actions, his comments, the way he took more money than was like, you guys can let Devontae walk. And then he struggled all year long. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. Okay, yeah, you're 38 years old. Maybe you're just taking the bag at this point. Like you're like, I'm just I'm 38. I'm gonna rack up 110 million dollars or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, what was it? Let's see. But wouldn't you 150. think 150 point one 151 million? But wouldn't you think a guy at his point in his career would be less focused on that and more focused on like I should try and do everything I can to try and play for another couple of Super Bowls in my last maybe three seasons or however long I'm gonna continue to play. That's kind of what Brady was doing. He was just chasing Super Bowls. Well, that's what Manning did when he came to the Broncos. He wasn't here to just make money. Right. It's like, I only got X amount left in the tank. I want to try and win a Super Bowl. I mean, he got here, and then he's like, you guys need to go get these players. And we literally went, and we got Sanders, uh, DeMarcus Ware, Mm -hmm. TJ Ward, Akib Tlaib, like the whole offensive line that was like the best offensive line we've ever had. Like, yeah. And we literally built – he's like, we're winning a Super Bowl. We went to two in his four years here. Yeah. One, we forget that happened. Record <laughs> right. books don't, but we do. One that oh, Broncos fans have <laughs> blacked out of their memory. One that is mm. over heavily overshadowed yeah. by 2015 when we won. Yeah. And then he's like, I won a Super Bowl. I have two mm-hmm. because Eli had two. I, I think Peyton was more like my brother has two, and he's a worse quarterback than I am. <laughs> I can't let him have that. Yeah. I gotta get one because that would have been forever. Brady or or Peyton has all of the individual. He's got the edge on all the individual right. accomplishments, but Eli but could always important be like, ones. I have more Super Bowls, right? And then you can't really say anything to that. <laughs> that they're they're sh- they're funny family. Like they are that family yeah. dynamics really good amongst all of them. Yeah, hundred percent. They got great comedic timing, dude. But yeah, um, Rogers. I think he's too selfish of a player. And again, I don't know him personally. He's, he might be a great guy outside yeah. of football, but inside of football, he's too selfish. Mm-hmm. And you saw that with the Packers' performance this year. Yeah. Do we want to touch on the Super Bowl at all, or do we want to just save that for next time? We're already an hour in here. I mean, we could end with Super Bowl discussion. If you've hung around, we all know the Eagles got fucking screwed by the refs again. Um, I've... We we might want to table it because I can go on and on, but let's table it for next time because I feel like there's a lot to cover. Let's just say that the NFL is scripted for the Chiefs to win. Well, we'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I saw somebody, and maybe we talked about it too. With Tom Brady retiring, the NFL is looking for the next Tom Brady, and they want it to be Patrick Mahomes. And you can tell that by the calls that the Chiefs get, and the way that the officiating goes towards the Chiefs. Which I'll say that. Yeah, which, based on what we were just talking about, I mean, who is the guy who do we think would, if you were going to bet money on to rival Brady's statistical accomplishments, who is Mahomes. that? It's Mahomes. Right now it's Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Which is... And that's probably what the NFL's thinking, too. Well, he's got five more Super Bowl wins to go, mm-hmm. and he's 
27. So if he plays another 10 years minimum, he's got to win a Super Bowl in half of them. It's that's very possible. It's fucking doable. Yeah. But fuck dude, I hope not. <laughs> but that would just be the ultimate kick in the nuts for Broncos fans too, to have like that whole time of Brady just racking up Super Bowls with the Patriots only for our well, fucking division, division rival, rival to just be stacking Super Bowls you know in the what? next ten years. I would be much more okay with it if Travis Kelsey was on a different team. Yeah, he's kind of an I annoying, can't fucking stand that an guy. annoying persona. Bro, during their like parade, he goes and no one thought we'd make the playoffs. And some someone tweeted out, they're like, you guys were like minus 450 to make the playoffs. Like, like what are you who the about? fuck do you think yeah. said you weren't going to make the playoffs? Yeah, what? They said your division was going to be tougher this year. That's like, almost like the uh, – I always bring up Kevin Garnett in his postgame interview or like the on-the-court interview after winning the NBA championship in 2008 where he's like, anything is possible. It's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, you are no the favorites shit, to win. When you have the Eastern Conference All-Stars yeah. on one team, no shit anything is possible. I will always – that has always bugged the fuck out of me. Like, dude, you were the favorites to win the NBA title this year. Settle down. It's not like a fucking underdog right. story. Relax. It's kind of like the Avs last year. Like, everyone's like, finally, we fucking did it. Like, Yeah, yeah. We were the favorites three years in a row, and we finally fucking did it. Like, yeah. we finally just did it. And it's like, they're not saying they're like, well, no, everyone wrote us off. It's yeah, like, don't be. That's not no, the No, you guys were, we're the, the fucking favorites, favorites yeah, for yeah. the last three years. You like, choked, you, you and did, now you finally did what yeah. everyone thought you exactly. were going to do. Yes, you did what and everyone you, was expecting you to do. You did what you were expecting yourselves to do. So right. it's not yeah. like you're like, oh, it's a fucking miracle. We're yeah. a Cinderella <laughs> right. team. It's like, right. no, you fucking weren't. You were yeah. favorited yeah. Yeah. from like the past three years on. Right. Like, you're the favorites this year again. Congratulations, you did it. You finally did it, yeah. Any Any final thoughts? Yeah, athletes make an absurd amount of money. If only my knees could have withstood <laughs> the abuse, maybe I could be a half-decent, quadruple, double-A negative, semi-pro player. Dude, you got golf on in the corner. It's not, never too late to become a professional golfer. Dude, I would. my grandpa wanted my, my parents to get me into golf lessons early on because he could tell I had I have the tools to be a good golfer. But I was like, "Fuck that! I want to hit people instead. Like, yeah. I want to play hockey. I want to. I love golf. Don't get golfing's me never been something I've been interested in watching or participating in. I uh, love golf, but yeah, I mean, I wish I could have been good at it. But you have to be like, talk about a lot of time. Spent. A lot of time. Like, it's got to be like your only sport. Yeah, because you got to go to the range and you got to go play at least nine and get you know. Mm-hmm. Then you got to go chip. Then you got like do all this shit and." Mm-hmm. Then you got to have money to travel, and then you got to pay to play. Golf's mm-hmm. not a cheap fucking sport. Yeah, no, it's probably like not. the most expensive sport out there. And I was just like, I'd rather hit people. Yeah, physically, it'd be easier on your body than pretty much anything. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you just nice easy swings. Unless you're you Tiger know. Woods, and then you just swing your back out every like <laughs> two tournaments. Yeah, or you can't walk the course because you fucked up your leg in a car crash. <laughs> That's the issue. That's what they talk about. Yeah. Since his car crash. They're like, he's yeah. never walked a full 72 holes. And it's like, well, yeah, the dude barely fucking has a leg. They almost took it from him. How old is Tiger Woods? Like 70. <laughs> he looks great for 70. I think he's 42. He probably is in his 40s at this point. Let's see. I think he's like 68. <laughs> Bro, okay. I got to touch on this real quick while I read it. He's 47. 47 fuck so he pulled he was almost 50 he pulled a prank on his friend justin thomas who's one of the best golfers in the world by handing him a tampon 
because he outdrove him on one of the holes when they played together. Okay. So he just like it was like a little prank. He just like went to like he's like here, grab this, and he grabbed it. And he looked at it. and He threw it on the ground because he's just like. 47-year-old and Justin Thomas is, I think, in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, just being like, the old man beats you. Yeah, yeah. Funny prank, right? Yeah. Bro, people are up in arms. They're like, that's fucking sexist. Like, what are you trying to say? And it's like, oh, boy. Guys, it's a fucking joke. Like, let, let's fucking move on, people. Like, well, why, people why like in this day and age about. do we get offended over a fucking tampon joke? Like, come on, people. Like, fucking grow up. Like, yeah. fucking just grow up. That's our ending message. Yeah, fucking grow up. <laughs> you pieces of shit. All of you fucking... No, oh, I can't get... I gotta stop. No, we love all of you. Everyone's great. <sighs> the people that listen to our es- podcast Especially the the athletes who signed the $400 million contracts after not even oh, playing Fuck you season. guys, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love sports. Um, we, we hope you guys had a, a fun time listening to today's topic. Um, Maybe a Super Bowl recap might be our next episode. Um, it might be something else. Who knows? Maybe we'll just sneak in a Super Bowl recap into a different yeah. episode. I thought we were going to have more time today. But we started rambling about stuff. So, um, but yeah, because there's so much to talk about with sports contracts. There is, there is. So anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, we this is our first episode back here in a couple of weeks, so we'll be we'll be sure to be back. Um, I don't know when we'll be back, but hopefully in the next. <laughs> we'll couple let you weeks. know when we when yeah, we're, yeah, we're back. You know, yeah, just yeah. just look for a new upload. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks yeah. for subscribing um, on all your favorite podcast platforms, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. We'll chat you later. Thank you. <laughs>